Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Thank you for downloading the latest episode the of latest the In For A Penny podcast. Yeah, I'll stick with that. Although I'm not always sure this is the latest one if someone's gone back in time to listen to old ones. It's the latest one if you're listening, apparently. Yeah? Yeah, we don't want to mess with that? the time-space continuum. You're right. It hates being messed with. Should we start by reading a review? Let's read a review. Who's it from? This review is from... What are you giggling at, Mark? I don't know, but giggling at the review. You'll, you'll find out in a minute. Okay. Uh, the review is from Alex Krotowski. Yeah, I know, Alex. Lovely uh, guy. Lovely Everton boy. fan. Everton fan. Everyone has their thoughts. He says... Has it got a title? Feedback for Josh with a J and Mark with a C. Very good. And he's left his feedback on Podbean, hasn't he? He has. Thank you. So that is one of the many ways to leave feedback for us he said he says i enjoy listening to his podcast when working out in the gym has he been working out you you wouldn't wouldn't be able to know but can you imagine now he could be listening on a treadmill on the exercise bike exercise bike cross trainer in the wakuzi the wakuzi why is it called a cross trainer um i don't know actually because you just get more and more annoyed as you're doing it (laughs) (laughs) i'm not getting fit you can't see me waving my arms Um, and that's not all he says he also says although i know what to expect each time with the banter it never fails to make me laugh the content is at an easy to follow level and despite me thinking i have a reasonable knowledge of personal finance i always come away from a podcast feeling like i've learned something new keep up the good work you too thanks alex appreciate that so we need good luck in the gym good luck and maybe stop laughing do more exercise be great if anyone else wants to leave us a bit of feedback or a review. A lot of people talk about it, but don't actually do it. And the mm-hmm. more feedback we get, the more reviews we get, the more rewarding this is for us to do, and the more other people can find us because yes. we get bumped up the tables. Don't we? Right? Yeah, it so, helps other people find the podcast. Thank you. So, what's this episode about, Mark? This episode is about probates. Okay. So, for those that listened to the last episode, mm. they'll know that recently your dad passed away. Yes. So, I have been going through the process of dealing with his affairs and, and so taking... What, he was having affairs? Not, yeah. No, I haven't found that out yet. Uh, but essentially, I had to... That take, happens though, doesn't it? You it hear does, about people yeah. that pass away and suddenly their five other wives appear with all their kids. Yeah. So, it's weird. When um, you uh, buy a house or have a child... There's always someone there to help you. There's always kind of guidance. So if you buy a house, you could have an estate agent that's still help you through. And if you have a baby or your wife has a baby, there are nurses on hand. When someone dies, when someone passes away, you, you're kind of stuck doing it all yourself. There's not a lot you can do. And you, you've got to kind of take control of their estate and everything they own uh, in order to manage it and distribute it. Okay. And that is uh, used under a process called probate. Okay. Um Let's talk about how you go about getting probate because it's a quite complicated process and it's not really something that is made 
it's not really something that is well explained to people. I think, in my experience. Okay, well, look, you've just been through it, yeah. so so we're gonna we're gonna talk about your experiences. Mm. So, what is probate? So, probate is the uh, legal procedure of taking control of someone's assets, so their property, their any savings they have, any investments, so that ultimately you'll be able to distribute it or inherit it. Okay, great. So does everyone have to have probate? Well, this is the thing. Not everyone. And this is what I found. So my dad has um, had some uh, bank accounts, a buy-to-let portfolio he shares with his brothers and his own property. Okay. So for the bank accounts, uh, the banks actually have got better in recent years. Um, You still have to tell a bank that your um, relative or someone has passed away. Uh, You can either do that yourself uh, by filling in a form or phoning them and they'll deal with it or in branch. Or there's something called a death notification service uh, where you fill in an online form and it sends it to all the banks and they start the process for you. And then some banks will have a rule where if there's less than a certain amount, in the account, so I think it's usually around £50,000, you don't have to apply for probate, which means you will just complete the forms and within a few weeks you can have any money that was left over transferred into another account that you can then access. How do you prove to the bank that someone has died? Well, yes, of course, you need a death certificate. Okay. Now, the death certificate is an easy one because how long after a death do you think you should have to inform your authorities? I'm just thinking, so when I did my 25 metres swimming, I got a certificate later that day. Oh, did you? So I'm guessing you get awarded your death certificate. Is it the same day? No. Okay. Well, you don't get awarded it at all. You, you don't get, get congratulations, you have died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get a badge to sew on. No. Uh, you, the per- well, a relative of a deceased, I think usually a next of kin, yeah. has to go and register the death. So it doesn't have to be a relative. It's, it's the sort of closest person, yeah. I assume. They have to go and actually register the death. So the same way you'd go to a registry office to uh, register your marriage, yeah. you have to go within five days to register a death, which I think is quite soon. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're going through the grieving process, you've obviously just lost someone, often it's a shock, and then you, you need to phone uh, a number and you need to make an appointment and then you need to go and sit in a sort of cold office with a uh, man or woman opposite you and they'll just... They're sort of typing it in, asking you the questions. The registrar, Yeah, the registrar. And they just ask you these questions, where, mundane questions like, what's his name? Uh, where where did he live? The one I liked was, what was his occupation? Okay. Because the registrar said to me, well, I said, well, does it matter? What like, relevance is it? Because no, no one's going to check. He's, he's dead now. Are you so. arguing where you were? The I wasn't arguing. I was just trying to kind of take a humorous look at death. Yeah. And I said, well, can I just say superhero? Very good. Yeah. And what did the registrar let me. say? I, yeah. Well, I think he would have let me, but we just settled on shopkeeper. Okay. Um, so you do that, and then you get a... So, um, the re- so the registry office, that's the same place where I would have gone to register my children's births. Yeah. So when I went to do that, I was panicked that I'd give the wrong name that my wife and I had agreed. I assume there's no danger when you go and register a death of getting it wrong, is there? No, because there would have been a post-mortem, and so the coroner's office there will be coroner's records that the registrar will be checking at the same time to see if it all tallies up. Okay. So you also, you need a death certificate, obviously, also before you can do a funeral because they don't want to bury people who aren't dead. Yeah, they've got to make sure you've got, got to make sure you're you are dead. Yeah. And also as Jewish people, you need, uh, they like to, we like to um, bury them as soon as possible. So yeah. that's why getting a death certificate quickly is important, although I think five days is a bit fast. But you need that in order yeah. to... Uh, get probate. 
Okay, so you send that off, let's say, to the bank, copy yeah. of the death certificate. Yeah. I think um, you mentioned to me that it's quite important to get a few copies of this death certificate. Yes. Is that right? So if you... If your relative, if the person who's died has several accounts, each provider will want to see a copy of, of a certificate. So you'll often have to go into a branch, give them a copy, and then they'll send it to their central office. And then I think usually within seven to 10 days, they'll come back. How many copies did you get? Well, my dad only had two accounts, one with Santander and one with Nationwide. Okay. And he... Uh, other banks are available other banks are available but then so you'll give the death certificate in and then they'll come back with what you need to do sometimes you can just sit and branch and they'll fill out the form for you that's what Santander did and then they transfer the money yeah. I had it within a few days Nationwide yeah. has an interesting approach where they send you another form to fill in once you've already gone and handed the death certificate you had to in go branch. in in person you yeah. can't post it then uh, no Okay. you have to physically give it uh, then they'll post you the form to fill in let's just take a step back you have to physically give it so you have to, you have to be in the branch giving them a certificate yes you cannot post a, co- a certified copy not that I'm aware of okay fine um, so we're not sure about that one no okay that's fine but you went in that's I went fine. in yeah uh, and then you get another form to fill in and then you have to write where you want any money sent to yeah and nationwide are a bit weird because they will only electronically transfer the any money to another nationwide account. Okay. Which I think is a little bit of a ruse, a little bit cheeky because it sort of means you have to become a nationwide customer just to get hold of dead person's cash. And the alternative is they'll send you a check. Oh, that's okay then. And then you go and bank the check. Yeah. Now, does the check... Did you get a check or have you got a nationwide they, account? They, no, I will be getting a check, I hope. Now, will the check say... Mark Shoffman, Mark with a C, Shoffman. I hope so. Or will it say the estate of, and then your dad's name? How well, I think it? it will come to me because I am his legal representative in this case, but you can okay. get a solicitor to do this for you or an executor. Some people um, recommend that if you know there's going to be a fairly complicated estate, mm. that you set up a bank account straight away to receive any money in from various places for the estate. Yeah. So that's something for our listeners to bear in mind. Definitely. Uh, so he had the bank accounts. And then also as uh, property is an interesting one. Yeah. Because if you jointly own property, you don't then need probate to have access to that. Because obviously there are the surviving members who... Are we talking about you as the person who inherits it? Or are we talking about, you mentioned that your, your uncle I'm talking, owns it as well? Yes, I'm talking about the people he owns the property with. Right. So because I because he's not the sole owner of that property and because there are other owners. Well, I assume there's nothing to be released. Yeah, there's nothing. There? Yeah, nothing needs to be released. But who updates the land registry to say that you now own a share of that property? I think that will be the responsibility of the other people he owns it with. Probably also me. I think you should look into that one. I will look into that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, there is a trust document that says it auto- it automatically passes. So. So it's already documented. Yeah. Okay. You might want to check. I will. But then also, also he had his own property, but and you will need probate for that because then you may need to sell it and you can only sell it with once it's out of his name. So often this causes a lot of problems in property transactions. Mm. So when we're arranging mortgages, sometimes someone is buying a property of a of someone that's passed away. Yeah. And that can take a long time until all the probate is sorted for the deal to happen which can potentially cause chains to collapse. It can. I think so the probate 
process it can take for office for probate office i think up to eight weeks okay to an application. so yeah that's an extra two months on your chain now there was a press release last week from um hmcts that's her majesty's courts and tribunal service yes and they have said that um each week approximately seven thousand grants of probate are issued being issued in england and wales and there's been a backlog recently Oh dear, I don't need to hear that. Um, but they're hoping that the turnaround time to issuing grants to solicitors is going to be down to 10 working days very shortly. To solicitors? Yeah, that's what it says. Now, whether that means 10 days to everyone, let, let's hope so. But So eight weeks and 10 days is quite a big difference. Yeah. They also want to offer a 24-7 service that's simpler and quicker to use and more efficient to run. But what you can do... As from the 4th of November, I think today we are end of November. Yes. But as from the 4th of November, you can call the Birmingham Courts and Tribunal Service for an update on your probate. Can you? You can indeed. I did not know that. I might write that down after. There you go. How much does probate cost? So probate fees vary depending on the value of the estate. Okay. So the application fee is £215 if the value of the estate is more than £5,000. Yeah. Uh, there's no fee if it's under £5,000. Okay. Um, that's so, a, under £5,000 you don't pay, over £5,000 you pay £215. Okay. So, that's another thing you have to do before you um, apply for probate. You need to actually inform HMRC of the value of the estate. Okay. And that will help you determine whether you pay for probate, but also tell HMRC because then that will inform you how much inheritance tax they may need to pay. But we're going okay. to discuss inheritance tax another time because okay. that's a whole other issue. And you would know straight away if there's property involved, it's going to be more than £5,000. Yes. Okay. Now, I um, understand that if you use a solicitor, the fees are actually lower than £215. Are they? Yeah. If you apply for probate via a solicitor, you only pay £155. I assume you pay legal fees as well. Correct. So you'll save £60 on the probate fee, but you will pay legal fees. Yes. So it's worth pointing out that there's you can do... Probate, go through the probate process yourself, the DIY option, which you did. I did. You don't pay any fees? Nope. You can use a solicitor, which can be expensive. So different solicitors have different ways of charging. Some of them will do a fixed fee basis. So they'll est- est- give you an estimate of the cost based on what they think the work involves going to be. Some will work on an hourly rate. And some will work on a percentage of the estate. Could be anywhere between 1% and 5% plus VAT. Another option is a bank. So banks can provide a probate service. Now, banks oh. tend to be very expensive at this. There was um, there, there was a lot in the papers not within the last few years about people using a bank's will-writing service, yeah. which they didn't realise included probate service, which ended up very expensive for people. So I would say to anyone who's not going down the DIY option, please make sure you check the fees with whoever you use before you proceed. Mm. If it is a simple estate, which I think my dad's was, I'm very much in favour of a DIY option because all, all you actually do when you're applying for probate is you provide all the de- details of the deceased person and then uh, any uh, next of kin and who the uh, executors of the will are. And then you print things off and you send a copy. You send the will. That's another important thing. You actually have to send the will to the um, 
probate office and then you pay your fee and that's it. But obviously, if there are more complicated estates and you don't know who uh, assets are going to and if there are disputes over the will or no will, that, that's when... Also, you are needed. fairly financially savvy. Whereas, Thank you. Whereas someone who isn't might not feel comfortable yeah. doing that. True. Also, different people handle the grieving process in different ways. Yeah. So for some people, it's a welcome distraction mm. to have something to focus on. For others, they might not be able to focus. So don't rush into a decision. Do what's right for, for you. True. So within the last couple of years, there's lots of talk about probate fees and the government had proposed to put up probate fees. That was scrapped recently. Yes. So they wanted to replace that £215 fee with a sliding scale, meaning higher value estates would have been charged higher fees. So that's been abolished now. Good. Okay. Why should you be taxed on... You're already paying inheritance tax... On, a, on an estate, it, it does seem a bit ridiculous that you're even paying £215. I, I agree. In my opinion. Uh, it's ha- you know, there's, there's too many taxes out there. So the government said, this is their quote from the Ministry of Justice. Fees, should I do a voice? Yeah. Fees are necessary to properly fund our world-leading court systems, but we have listened carefully to concerns around changes to those charged for probates, and we'll look at them again as part of a wider review to make sure all fees are fair and proportionate. You know what they're speaking... You know how they sound in the Ministry yeah, of Justice. Yeah, it's definitely how they sound. So they've cancelled the proposed increases, but they are looking at it. So let's see where that let's see where that goes. So we mentioned you need the death certificate. Yeah. Do you also need... When you do register the death, did you need to take a birth certificate or anything with like that? No. Okay, that's fine. Medical certificate? No, because that would have been... Pro- you do, but often that will be provided by the coroner's office. Okay. That had been sent across. Okay. You mentioned something called the government's tell us once service. Yes. So what's that? So this is, so one of the worries when my dad died was that I would have to spend hours calling uh, the Department for Work and Pensions to cancel his benefits to tell HMRC that he no longer has to pay tax. But there's now a website you go to that the council will give you the details of when you register the death. And it is www.gov.uk forward slash tell hyphen us hyphen once. Okay. It's called the Tell Us Once service. So someone Googles government tell us once if they couldn't remember that website. Yeah. You could put a link in the uh, show notes. That would be useful, wouldn't it? It'd give you something to do. And then you enter all his details, (laughs) all the person's details. Uh, There'll be a reference number from the council as well. They'll give you that to enter. And then you... Uh, select all the different things he was, that the person was receiving, such as benefits, uh, if they had a passport, if they had a disabled badge, uh, yeah, if they did self-assessment, and all those will be cancelled in one go. You may still get follow-up letters. I got a letter from my from his council about council tax, just clarifying their records. Okay. Despite him not paying council tax for the last three years, they just wanted to check that he still didn't need to pay. Okay. Well, he doesn't, Which he yeah. definitely doesn't because he's dead. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's be blunt about it. Then there's also something called the death notification service. Yes. That's the one you use for the banks, is it? So this lets you inform all uh, the bank account providers in one go and you can find it at www.deathnotificationservice.co.uk. Much better without hyphens, isn't it? It is better without hyphens. I would say on that is also useful to ring the banks individually. All of them do have... Well, most of them that I've used, all two of them that I've used, have bereavement lines. So you don't have to go through the annoying uh, central contact centre to talk about online banking or whatever. There's a separate line and you usually get through quite quickly and talk to sympathetic people. Okay, so not me, basically. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before about a will. Yeah. 
So obviously you were close with your dad and looked after him over the last few years. But how would someone find out if there's a will if they didn't have that close relationship? That is a tough one. So sometimes a will can be held by a solicitor. Uh, often, well, it's often good to talk. I was lucky with my dad because I knew he had one. Although when he we when he did pass away, we didn't actually know where it was, so we had to go to his flat and search for all his records. Now, a lot of people would keep their um, records in in files in 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 folders, yeah. nicely filed away. Not my dad's shopping, method was plastic bags and unopened <laughs> envelopes. Okay, so we spent about an hour looking through boxes of just piles of paper dating back to probably the last decade uh luckily my wife found his will good okay but yeah talk like when you you write a will it's yeah tell tell the people tell someone where it is that's always helpful okay do you know where your will is i do yeah do you know where your dad's will is i don't no you should ask him i would do i'll be getting on the phone to him after so if you're listening dad let's see if you're listening <laughs> i'm expecting a phone call from you to tell me where your will is <laughs> fill in the probate application form is that handwritten or is that online you can do either. Okay, that's good. And you've got to do this inheritance tax form, IHT two hundred and five. Well, yes, that's with. There's two options. There's a, uh, you can do it online if it's an accepted estate, which means there's no inheritance tax to pay. Okay, uh, and that is an IHT two hundred five form, either online or paper, or there's an IHT four hundred form, which is a paper version okay. for if there is inheritance tax to pay. But there's a few anomalies because there may be situations where you are bought below the IHT threshold of £325,000, but you still have to complete a IHT 400 form. Okay. But we'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah, okay. The situation we're looking at here is a parent and, and child. If there's if it's husband and wife and everything is passing from one to the other, do you still have to go through all this process? So often with a husband and wife, you'll have things jointly. So if you had a joint account, you wouldn't need probate the assets automatically pass over but there are situations where you may do such as the property isn't owned as joint tenants okay so if yeah if the property was only in one of the one spouse's name okay or if it's tenants in common maybe so you've got written to the banks they've sent you any money well they send you a valuation of yeah. what that's worth and then you apply for the money okay one thing um, people need to be careful of if it is maybe a husband and wife if there was a credit card and if it was in the deceased name and you were just a named cardholder, the chances are your card is going to be cancelled too. So ah, just something to think that. about. That's interesting. Did your dad have any life insurance? Was anyone needed to be contacted like that? He had an annuity. Okay. So I contacted the provider. Yeah. And they wrote, they, yeah, they said they'd write to me within 10 days with what happens. Okay. It took longer than 10 days, but I knew he wasn't going to be... I knew there was no money coming to me. So I just wrote saying this was the first final value. This is the amount you need to tell the tax man for the 2018-19 tax year. Some annuities, and I'm not sure if we've done a podcast on this, will include a spouse's benefit or a children's yeah. benefit or a guarantee. That's what I was hoping for. So something that people need, Thanks, to, need to check. <laughs> I don't think he listens. If you, if you find that there were some life insurance policies, which I would advise that are kept with the will then you can contact the life insurance companies and make a claim or if your financial advisor have set things up contact them and they'll help you with all of that about debts so what if someone's got debts in their estate whether it's a mortgage credit card debt loan what happens in that situation you're getting into the inheritance tax sphere here but that will reduce the value of the estate so we'll talk about another time will yes. we okay fine <laughs> There is another important aspect when it comes to finances such as accounts, because a lot of people will think, 
a lot of people may have taken power of attorney before a person died so that if they were losing their uh, mental abilities and were less able to manage their finances, which is what I did for my dad. Yeah. And so power of attorney when they are alive gives you the ability to manage their finances and um, household issues. But once they die, that power of attorney is no longer valid, Okay. Uh, which makes it all the more important to apply for probate. Uh, but the probate office will also want to see your power of attorney documents. I don't really understand why, but I also sent that. Okay. You did what you were told. I did what I was told. You mentioned the word executives before. I did. So when I was uh, in my early days of financial advisor, I was sitting down with a client whose husband had not long passed away. And um, I asked her very innocently who the executors were, <laughs> <laughs> which she kindly said, Joshua. I think you'll find it's executors. Wow. Which was quite a funny uh, mistake to make, which I haven't made since. No, I imagine you haven't. What are the executors? If they're the ones who are given the given control to distribute the assets. They're, na- they're the name people in the will who... They're responsible for administering. They're responsible for they? administering the estate. And often they can be the beneficiaries, and a beneficiary is the person who will be receiving the assets, such okay. as me and my siblings. So I think that was quite a good uh, introduction to probate i found that very useful good we don't have to get too heavily involved with it but apart from maybe providing valuations of investments and things like that and providing support to our clients would you say there's any way the system could be improved there could be more joined joined up thinking i mean we often have open we have this open banking thing now where uh financial providers are supposed to be able to talk to each other more easily using technology so they can see accounts and you can often access things all in one place but for something like this for applying for probate you need to go to all these different providers and different companies and talk to different people to get values and find out who um the find out where a will is and all that if there was just one central place where everything could be accessed yeah okay would make it easier and i think um the fact that you had a good relationship with your dad and an open relationship meant you knew what was going on. Yes. I try and encourage my clients to involve their children in their finances. Definitely. Bring them to meetings where possible so they know what's going on. So when the time comes, there's no shocks, there's no surprises. They can, apart from the emotional side of it, they can carry on and and, uh, sort things out quickly and efficiently. You were telling me about a podcast that you've been listening to, which you... Do you want to recommend that to our listeners? So that's a podcast called Griefcast, where they talk about the morning process, but they speak to actors and comedians. So it's not all glib. It's it's funny. It's sort of a comical, not I'm not kind of offensive, but a nice way of approaching a lighthearted, death, a lighthearted look, at look at death and at grieving. Death. Exactly. So anyone who's in a similar situation, mm. you'd suggest they listen to that. Definitely. Good. I think that's all we've got time for, Mark. Great. Great. Well, you had enough? (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought that was very interesting. Good. Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at inforapennypod1, at Mark Schoffman and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. We really appreciate any comments you provide. And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover. Thank you for being in for a penny.